Welcome to Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. So, Tarun Bhatnagar, congratulations on the recent promotion to VP at Google. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I think there's probably about a year ago, but you've been at Google since 2010, yes. and we've been working together for a very long time, but this is your first time visiting me at Sound I know, it's a, it's a really nice office you have here. Better views than the ones we have. <laughs> well, so. everything in the San Fernando Valley is pretty low, so like the uh, seventh floor gets you a great view. Uh, uh, it's really a great pleasure. We just had a strategy meeting together, which is very, very informative about uh, kind of a look back in the last you know, year or so, and then a look forward into 20, uh, 2020. Yeah. Uh, our businesses are very aligned, so that the more we get to plan together, the better. Um, but I think overall, you know, the maps business for us is certainly um, one of the biggest businesses, and it's something that has completely transformed us as a company over the last five years. And um, uh, this is sort of for the market. I, you know, uh, I love to tell these stories to our customers and um, the market at large around yeah. what Google's doing and what we're doing together. And, um, but I always like to start with the man or the person first and, and your background because I think um, you know, your journey at Google has been really interesting, but even your years at Google, um, I really kind of want to get a sense of how you got started in the world of geospatial tech and how you've seen it kind of evolve yeah. for yourself in the last you know, 15, 20 years. Sure. So. Uh, my career dates longer than 15, 20 years, so, <laughs> so I'm probably aging myself. I, I, you know, first of all, thanks for being one of our top partners, actually. Um, you always have been so. It's something we brag about all the time. Yeah, I know, I, I can tell, but you deserve it, so. Thank you. Uh, thanks for being such an amazing partner to us, uh, and the cloud world, and Google in general. So I uh, was a computer engineer undergrad, uh, and my second job out of college, I landed with this small boutique company called Navigation Technologies. And uh, essentially what they had is they had the physical map of the world and they were uh, looking for someone in their professional services arm to help build in-car navigation devices. And I don't mean devices, but the software for in-car right. navigation. So that was my second job. I was a year, a year and a half out of college. Um, I helped program uh, actually the user interface and the clunky user interface that a lot of our customers now hate about yeah. letter by letter. Yeah. Uh, I was one of the programmers on that wow. uh, way back when. Well, but in-car navigation was a luxury. It, it wasn't and a thing it, when I started. Right. Yeah, so the year I started was the first year I think BMW and Acura launched. And so we had another client that said, hey, can you help us build a turn-by-turn -turn navigation system since you have the data, so we'll pay you for the professional services engagement. Yeah. So I was a software engineer there, did that for about three years. Um, actually, I had a blast. Um, and then after the software engineering bit, I moved into marketing and then I moved into channel sales for them, uh, channel programming mm -hmm. sales. And uh, at the time, the only true industry for uh, digital mapping, which is what it was, right? Digital mapping platform was uh, either MapQuest, mm -hmm. but more importantly, automotive. Automotive was the primary use case, right? Which is really when you need a map is when you're right. driving places. 
uh, and how do you actually kind of bring that capability inside a car. So I was with the company for eight years. Um, I stayed partly because I enjoyed how nascent the market was. Mm -hmm. Like I loved the fact that I was working for a company that was creating something that was going to be a transformational and habitual change for people versus the way people had done it for like That's centuries. Right. Yeah. Um, and there was no footprint out there for it, right? So you kind of kind of had to be creative. You had to evangelize. I remember the t last Thomas Guide I bought was uh, 1997 yeah, yeah. edition from yeah. Costco. Yeah. And that was the way that people got around. Yeah, that cars. was. That was. I mean, like, or you stopped at a gas station or you pulled over at a restaurant and you're yeah. like, excuse me, can you tell me where to go? Yeah. So I was with them for eight years. Um, and that's really when, you know, when my intrigue of the industry started was over there. I mean, like, you know, as a child, everyone has a fascination of just looking at a globe, right? Or looking right. at an atlas. Like, you still can look at it. And I think you kind of get dreamy about where you want to go and what you want to visit. But then to see it manifest in a digital form, uh, while it may seem simple, it's not. But mm -hmm. the applicability of it is so amazing, especially in the day and age we live in. So I was there for eight years. Um, then I moved into a couple ad tech companies to the Bay Area, uh, left the Chicago winters, mm -hmm. pretty <laughs> unbearable. Uh, and then I went back to the same company. And in the meantime, that same company had, you know, obviously they went public while I was there. Then they got acquired by Nokia. It became mm -hmm. Nokia Maps. So then I ran product management um, for Nokia Maps for Asia Pacific. Uh, so I got to experience a different side. Did you move to Japan for that? I moved to Singapore. Actually. Oh, Singapore. Yeah, yeah, so I got to experience, I had, you know, just living on a plane practically. Yeah. But uh, I got to experience a different side of the company, right? So not just as a software engineer, but like actually looking at how do you think about building products. And what had ended up happening at that time is over that 10-year period, we started to see the evolution of it doesn't even exist in a car mm. to a lot of cars now start to say, hey, this is really critical for us to actually even sell a car uh, to MapQuest, to Google, mm -hmm. that became really, really big and, and powerful and truly transformed the game, uh, to mobile phones uh, and you know personal navigation devices like those small right. uh, you know, Garmin or Navman things yeah. that you put on. So I started to see that emergence and it was just amazing to see just the traction that had happened. Now, if you look at most technologies today, they probably grow a lot faster in 10 years than what had happened in the mapping space yeah. back then. But because this was such a habitual change, I think it was slower. And um, you know, I went back, I was with Nokia Maps for about two years. Um, and you know, in the meantime, Google kind of started their mapping efforts um, you know, almost like 13, 14 years ago yeah. now. And there was just always this envy about, wow, like, look at what they've done and how they've disrupted it even further and, like, gone broader. And uh, Yeah, I clearly remember, you know, post the, um, the uh, Tom's Guide days, uh, yeah. it was, uh, you would print a map, quest map. Yeah, like yeah. You would print it. And then you'd have it in your car seat <laughs> and you'd look at it, yeah. And then the first time, I think, my my experience probably similar to most people's experience. Like the first time they used Google Maps, yeah, was like whoa. Yeah, like it was what, a game. It was a game changer. What feels so different? Like you couldn't even pinpoint what felt so different about it. But only only as Google would, right? Like what what Google did, and they had the foresight to do, and that's kind of what makes it such an amazing company. Is 
They just said, hey, if we're going to do this, let's build it for everyone. Yes. Not just for drivers in a car, yeah. not just for people that buy personal navigation devices, not for people with like fancy smartphones. Mm -hmm. Penetration wasn't that great at that time anyway. Mm -hmm. It's built it for every single person. And, uh, you know, so simple yet so revolutionary. And, um, yeah, so I was there for two years, actually bumped into a, f uh, a person that was working at Google on a, on a flight from uh, Canberra to Sydney. <laughs> And at that time, he was running the enterprise business for Asia Pacific. He's like, hey, you know, you should come do something with Maps for us. Like, we think the opportunity is great. Uh, so, yeah, that's how my career at Google got started. So, I moved to Hong Kong for Google. Uh, I was so, you had that expat experience. I did. I had the expat experience for three, for three years total, yeah. and it was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it, it, you know, and this is slightly off topic, but being able to learn about how different cultures and different countries and different customers really want to be interacted with, want to actually transact. Uh, it's just been such an invaluable experience, right? And then I got to experience it from building products for a very different yeah. continent as well, yeah. continents, because Australia was part of it. Um, so I joined Google nine years ago, uh, started in APAC, moved, uh, moved to Mountain View a year in, uh, and, uh, you know, been running the kind of the go-to-market sales functions for a while now. Uh, and it's been such a tremendous journey. And honestly, one of the things that still keeps me there is, like, there is more unknown than known right. of what can happen with this, right? right. And uh, just monotony never creeps in as a result. Like, you're constantly, like, you're, you're actually forced to be ahead of the curve be innovative and uh, and Google, quite frankly, just embodies and embraces that, right? So well, I bet that experience at Singapore and Hong Kong was particularly useful as your scope became global. Yeah. Like, oh, how absolutely. do you run a global business if you've only done work yeah, in the U.S.? in the U.S. or like just a single country. I mean, you know, the nice the nice thing with working in Asia was my when I was in Hong Kong, my average day would be um, you don't sleep. Um, but you wake up, you are on the phone with Australian customers because they're two hours ahead. Right. Right. Uh, then you start to have like, the Japanese customers wake up. And so you're talking to them. And they want to transact and engage in a very different relationship sure. way than maybe the Aussies would. Uh, then you start to like, you know, get Southeast Asia online. Then the Indian subcontinent comes online. And that's a very different uh, engagement model, right? And then once that part of the world goes to sleep and the U.S. is up and, you know, of course, headquarters. <laughs> right. So that was the no sleep part. I was young. I enjoyed it. I didn't yeah. mind. Um, but, you know, you, you, you really learn to meet the customers where they are. And mm. I don't mean like physically. You learn to like engage with the customers the way they want to be engaged with. You learn to um, really kind of partner with them the way it makes sense for them versus kind of Here's the only logical way right. that makes sense. And so, yeah, that's been, uh, those three years have been incredible. Um, and, you know, because Nokia was a Finnish company, uh, over the two years I was at Nokia Maps, I would go to Europe every month, right? So yeah. you would start to engage with customers there. So, yeah, the global experience was, was really incredible. And, you know, quite frankly, you're never done. Like, I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, as I transact with customers in Brazil or other parts of the world, you still learn about it was About probably that. you know hard to predict seven eight years ago the impact 
the, the industry global impact of location yeah. data and geolocation data, the proliferation of that data due to uh, mobile devices yeah. and just inexpensive IoT hardware right, yeah. and data connectivity, just uh, which is everywhere. So I think part of what um, makes Google unique is is the amount of data and the accuracy of the data yeah. that Google Maps has yeah. relative to every other platform. And by the way, the painstaking manual work related to uh, gathering this information yeah. with uh, you know Street View and, and other and other things just mapped every single corner of the world. But but it's, it was almost you know unbelievable that that data would become so valuable yeah. over time. Yeah. How have you seen that kind of manifest itself in use cases or applications or really conversations with companies that you're like, wow, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation three years ago yeah, or so two I, years ago? So I think you, you, you kind of touched on a couple of things, right? So when Digital Maps started out, it started out as a visualization effort with the primary purpose of directions. Yeah. Right? Like MapQuest, mm -hmm. in-car navigation, like... The notion was, I'm going to get you from point A to point B. Um, and it was always about, I am going to get the driver from point A to point right. B, right? That right. was your audience. And then when Google kind of came in and said Maps for All, whether it was like searching for places on a phone, discovering things around you, they like tapped into the inner curiosity of an atlas that everyone has, mm -hmm. right? Mobile phones enable that, mobile data enable that, the internet enabled that. Uh, so there was these technology milestones and trends that just opened up more mediums right. that you could access. Um, but really what's, what's been truly prolific over the past 10 years, at least in the nine years I've been at Google, it's not just the changes in connectivity, smartphones, and yes, the fact that like devices are now connected, right? Mm -hmm. it's, not just, it's actually not just about getting a person from point A to point B, it's about changing the conversation from visualization and directions to location. Yeah. The moment any device comes online, the number, yeah. number of questions, where is this device? Where is the device? Because then you can actually uh, acclimate it to its environment, right? right? Like yeah. whether it's Nest and making sure that your thermostat's aligned based on what's happening with the yeah. temperature outside. Or some industrial <coughs> asset. Yeah, some industrial Anything. assets. Where are they? Like, yeah. And so, um, but the, you know, the true transformation that's happened over the past nine years and and I think Google's kind of, in large part, helped with this and really kind of been a reason, uh, is as we've made our APIs and our tools for developers available, right? Like, because when Google kind of said, maps for all consumers, but let's also have maps for all developers, mm -hmm. so we can actually start to create these applications associated with it. Our developers have actually taught us where the market put it, puck right. is headed, right? right? Our developers are the ones that are actually going out there and saying, here's what else you could do with digital maps. Here's what else you could do with location. Here's what else is applicable. And, you know, so it's <coughs> it, it would be easy to sit there and say the, the evolution was natural, but it's really like the developers out there, the people that have just amazing curiosity and experimentation desires that have really shaped the entire industry, right? So think about where we are today versus like 1998, when I had my second job I was talking to you about. Yeah. You were getting the Thomas Guide you got mm -hmm. in 1997. Now, 
every device knows exactly where its location That's is. Right. Every device will have some history element of its location and kind of calibrate itself accordingly. You know, there are uh, remote control companies that literally like align to your cable TV. It's amazing. Right? Like, because yeah. they just know exactly where you are. Right. Um, to, you know, walking navigation in AR mode, right? Like That's now right. it's sophisticated where you can actually physically see what's around you in the real world. Uh, you know, you still have those use cases of automotive. You can actually uh, discover things. Today, when I landed in Burbank, honestly, the first thing I did, you know, Hollywood's known for the best Thai food in the country. Yeah. I'll go out on a limb and say that. That's the first thing I did, right? I went to Google Maps yeah. and I just said, best Thai food near me. Right. right. It almost becomes a place where you instantiate your search. That's right. And it actually had nothing to do with directions, right? It was, I am looking for a physical place. And that physical place is really yeah. kind of built around the ecosystem I, of maps. I want unique information about the place where I am right Correct. Now, or I just landed. And that, that I know nothing about yep. that I may not have ever been to, but yeah. in this case you probably have. But I'm not familiar with the food scene. Yep. Like and, so, and you're right, right? Yeah. So it, it started out by disrupting Thomas Guide. Then it started to disrupt like the yellow pages. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like we haven't stopped, right? And right. what ended up happening is... Uh, you've just seen kind of this trajectory. And, and, you know, the one other thing you said is data in the world, data of the world is not static by any means, mm -hmm. right? Maybe some roads are, but even those change very frequently. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that, you know, Google's just been amazing at is like not only this obsession of mapping every corner of the world, uh, so not only making sure that we are, we have the right coverage, but that it's precisely accurate and it's fresh. Right? And That's it's right. as close to real time as possible because we want you to have access to the right information when it's available. And uh, A road changes, a store closes, yeah. like we want to know all of yeah. that. And our expectation almost as consumers, we've been spoiled, is like it's got to be up it's there. It's got to be up there, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, and look, we're also getting a lot smarter about it internally. Like, you know, we're trying to figure out how to not make it so laborious where it's so data intensive. Like, you know, machine learning capabilities, our community, our, uh, you know, people that mm -hmm. use it, our users. Android. Uh, yeah, like everyone starts to help yeah. us, right? So. Uh, yeah, what's, what's interesting about the maps business and, and you know, there was not a, there's not a big partner ecosystem in maps probably up until maybe five years ago. We yeah. were just fortunate enough to Correct. meet you where you guys were in the channel enablement of, of this. And we saw it as an extension of just more Google Enterprise work, yep. right? From G Suite, from Search, et cetera. And, uh, and because Google Maps as a consumer product is so prolific, what is it? I mean, how many active users monthly on that? A lot. A lot, billions, a lot. Know, over a billion. Yeah. Um, people, we usually have to explain to you know, my friends, you know, someone who's not in the industry, like, what is the business application, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Tony, what do you guys actually do with Google outside of, like, the, the free app that I know on my yeah, phone? Yeah. And I think that is um, not super well understood. I think in the most basic terms, it's clear that um, if, a, if, a, if, a, if, a, if a company, organization wants to use, either visualize the map or use the data in the map in some, in some meaningful way, then they have to pay a license fee and they have to architect and integrate the application in a meaningful way, right? Like, how do you best describe what, what our... What the application the, is. The enterprise business yeah, for like Maps the is, yeah. the monetization in the enterprise side. Yeah, so the, 
you know, the best way to think about it, and they, they sort of go hand in hand, right? There's no, like, um, there's no clean line break of data, yeah. right? Like, at the end of the day, uh, the data is the data we use for our consumer applications. And uh, one of the things that we have done, and we've done now for almost, uh, uh, you know, a dozen years, and it was almost accidental, right? Like, mm -hmm. we actually started to provide API access to some of our data elements. Yeah. Not all of it, some of it. Yeah. Um, to also kind of feed the developer ecosystem, right? To build more mapping applications to all. And honestly, that was great, right? It was really great because um, it created so much innovation, so much creativity in the industry. And as we started to do it, we actually kind of, you know, as any enterprise business matures, we, we evolved into more of a, you know, freemium model where mm -hmm. we realized there are, there's this 99% of the world that actually just wants to consume, digest, create, and play with, with applications that they can build. And um, those customers are always still free, yeah. right, in our ecosystem yeah. today. Um, but then there's this enterprise grade of customer, that like extra one or 2% where they have different expectations, right? It's mm -hmm. no longer just a, you know, I'll use my map as a consumer if it's convenient. Now, ah, you know what, if the street's wrong, like I'm actually okay with right. it. Or uh, if, you know, it's a little slow, I'm actually okay with it because right. I'm not paying for it, right? When you start to go into the enterprise world and you are part of their core business that actually drives their engine, um, that becomes critical. So today what Google Maps platform, you know, what we call Geo Enterprise, is essentially a set of, APIs and functionality of uh, you know a subset of our data in Google Maps that we provide access to our developers for. Um, majority of our developers continue to be our free users. Mm -hmm. They are you know the the lifeline of innovation, etc. And then there's a set of enterprise customers that vary from you know pick a name, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's an automotive company with an in-car local search or a map uh, to you know, uh, a brick and mortar site that has a, you know, an, a website that says, find me here, and mm -hmm. like, here's a physical map, to, uh, you know, an e-commerce company that's yeah. basically saying, I'll do address val uh, validation for checkout experiences to the TV company that literally, like, uh, customizes your remote control to your cable box because they know where you are, right? right. Like, the, the, the range is so variant for sure. us. Um, but that's really what it is, right? Like the best way, and maybe something you could say to your friends is, it's bringing the um, just the best of some of our consumer services and making it available to developers and enterprises mm -hmm. um, that allow them to sort of kind of create and add to their products, their capabilities. And, and because there's so many new business models um, being born in the last yeah. decade that are so location dependent, I mean, your data, like the maps data, is 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 almost it's such an integral part of the business model. It is like almost the business model. Yeah. Like if certain companies can't match you with um, something you're trying to rent, yeah. I mean, I, I, you I'm, can't. You can't. Like the their own core business doesn't yeah, exist so, I mean, unless like, they're able to do. Yeah. That, so right? I'll give you like, you know one thing that's been around for a long time is real estate, right? Like yeah. real estate is a classic one where 
at the end of the day, if you're going to go on a website and you want to see a property that you want to buy, you want to see how it looks and feels. Street view is wonderful because you get this virtual, mm. you get to virtually experience the neighborhood. Um, but you visually want to understand where it is in context to mm -hmm. other things you may like, whether it's school, your work, you know, Starbucks, yeah. restaurants, um, downtown, whatever it may be. Um, so, you know, you started to see it become a, a complementary effort to traditional habits and practices. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of how it started, right? Like the store locator, this real estate, the travel companies that sit there and say, yeah, if you're going to another country, like mm -hmm. you kind of want to know where you're going and all those things. To now, to your point, it's a necessity. You know, you think totally. about the delivery companies, you think about the ride sharing companies, mm -hmm. their entire business is mandated on, can I match the passenger yeah. to uh, the driver? Yeah. And then can the driver take the passenger to exactly where they want to go and get them to where they need to be and then repeat the process with some other customer? And can, and can I be accurate about how long it'll take for the car to get oh, there yeah, and for you absolutely. to get to your destination? Because those are, those are things how we, those are components of how we manage our lives. Like when you're traveling for business yeah. or I'm traveling, like if I'm, I'm calling that Lyft car, like it's better be accurate. Well, not only, not only is it better be, is it does it need to be accurate for your expectations? Yeah. But now think about it from Lyft standpoint, right? Is, is it is, it's a resource that Lyft has where the accuracy then dictates when you want to give it the next ride and the next ride. Mm -hmm. So if you are inaccurate, it actually, it actually creates more downtime, right? And in any, totally. any industrial yeah. industry, yeah. like downtime equals loss of revenue, totally. right? So. So n now we're starting to see these verticals or location-based games is another one that yeah. spawned up, right? That's like right. huge. You, you can't, you know, like we have Jurassic World Live, mm. like you, you kind of need a phone and it needs to have a physical map yeah. for it to know where you're going. So it has to avoid like where not to go. Yeah, like all exactly. It has to be really smart about yeah, where exactly, it's, where it's right? taking you. <laughs> and so, so you're right, right? Like as the, as the industry is transformed, you've seen more use cases. And now all of a sudden what we're seeing is, um, use cases where maps is becoming like the core and critical component That's you right. see this as a partner right That's um right. so many companies that are it, whether it's consumer expectations that it needs to be there or whether it's actually uh a core integration of the product that right. that these companies are building themselves and so it's uh yeah it's uh you know the you and i were talking about this before the best is the the best is still way ahead of Google Maps and you know Google Maps platform because um, you know for the 10, 20 use cases and in industries we've seen, there are probably hundreds that have yet to be created, right? And yes. that's the beautiful thing that developers will do for us. That's the that's the amazing thing about this particular part of um, Google. I, I think you and I have seen a few transformations yep. of Google Enterprise. Yep. Yes you know, more broadly, but the maps business, even yes. more specifically within this framework. And it was, uh, you know, the big change recently is moving towards more of a consumption, you know, cloud-like yeah. uh, business model, which has, has tremendous benefits um, to, to customers and to, to Google as well, and to us as partners. Creates a lot more opportunity for interesting conversations and, and certainly even alignment with how maps and, and GCP could, could work together to unlock value, um, both in the maps platform and also in their particular use yep. cases. 
And I do agree that we're on this very cusp of discovering what that is, and partly you'll be guided by the developers, but also by our customers in those verticals that we're going to have to sort of uh, re repeatability in our solutions. And by partners like yourself, quite frankly, too. Right? Yeah, we, like, we you guys are at the forefront of this, yeah. We have a role to play. Um, and so I think, you know, the question is, like, what are the top two or three trends that you're seeing that you're able to share? I know some, some things you can't. But what are you seeing? Like, wh what do you guys think about as you get together as an executive team? Um, because I, I, I see it, and I think you agree. Like the, we don't know what the TAM is. We don't yeah, know what the yeah. total addressable market is. Yeah. Quite, quite, it almost hasn't been defined. Yeah. So, um, so let me answer both your questions. Maybe I'll go in reverse order. Uh, look, I think the, it, it's what we said, right? Like, the addressable market of what we know today you know, it's not, it's, it, it maps is fragmented, right? Like what yeah. is the addressable market for real estate? Mm -hmm. What is it for ride sharing? What is it for gaming? What is it for automotive, right? Mm -hmm. That's probably the most established one yeah. and the easiest one, right? Yeah. 10 automotive. car companies yeah. multiplied by the number of cars <laughs> and you can kind of back into yeah. it. Um, and so, you know, you have this fragmented market sizes that you can add up and that gives you the addressable market. But um, I hate to use the word tip of the iceberg. We're, probably at the tip of the tip. Mm -hmm. um, so much of it is, like look, um, beacons and connected devices are still very, very nascent. Very nascent. Right, yeah. like you and I happen to live in California, which is sort of a different world in its own, mm -hmm. right? Like we, we're in the hub of technology. Yeah. Um, but if you start to go to other parts of the world, like it's, it's non-existent, it's still nascent, right? Um, so I think the TAM is, probably larger than what most people think. Um, I bet if we fast forward to another 10 years, we will sit there and say, wow, we had yeah. no idea it was this large. And then 5G plays a role. Yeah, 5G right? starts to play. Things are faster, like yeah. the consumer expectation becomes different. So I think, um, look, I think the TAM is, is huge. Mm -hmm. It's large. I think the challenge is how do you capture it in a fragmented market? Um, and then more importantly, how do you then unlock the other bit uh, that is very developer-centric. And then, I, you know, your second question was, you know, things that we talk about internally at Google about what are the things that we want to fix within Geo Enterprise and Google Maps platform. Um, you know, it's a, it's a few things. Number one is uh, this laser-focused and obsession with our customers, mm -hmm. right? So we, you see it on the consumer side. We have this obsession with our consumers, right? right? And we serve billions of users, not like, millions yeah. or tens of thousands, right? Uh, and it's that same obsession that we want to have with our customers, right? Yeah. So whether it's for cloud, um, or it's for ads, or it's for apps, uh, that obsession is always there. And how do we serve them um, well? How do we give them the best stuff? And how do we continue to delight and surprise them, right? And how do we then like work with the right partners? So uh, that's one of the things that's always the first topic of conversation. Uh, the second bit is how do we take the transformation that's happened in the past 20 years within maps and not wait another 20 years to get yeah. to that next tranche, how right? So how do you rapidly, exponentially mm -hmm. accelerate it so that this next innovation cycle is in one year, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's fostering the developer ecosystem or whether it's uh, really starting to uh, you know, be more creative on our own where... Yeah. We're starting to place very strategic bets um, 
internally uh, or working with partners and expanding our, our reach and our purview, right? You just yeah. said we didn't have a partner ecosystem five years ago. Yeah. The beautiful thing about our partner ecosystem now is it's taught us three really valuable things. One is our partners have actually also taught us how to be an enterprise company, right? Because mm. they're an extension of us. Two is our partners have given us the reach, right? Because it's fragmented, you can't just say, okay, if we go to these 20 companies, that's it. That's your addressable enterprise yeah. market size. Uh, even within a company, there might be 20 different silos that you have to address, right? And partners have become such a valuable reach. And the third thing is our partners have actually bridged the gap between APIs and solutions, right? right? And yeah. told us what the customer's needs and wants are. So they've actually helped us understand the market size and the TAM. Um, so, you know, that's the second thing that we're thinking about is how do we accelerate the overall ecosystem? Yeah, I think uh, certainly the, the, the group of engineers we have that are developing custom solutions, whether they're mobile or otherwise, yeah. that are, the reason we won that project is because of our MAPS expertise. I mean, it's tremendous. It's a yeah. tremendous share of our professional services and engineering work that we, that we get. But it's, it's uh, we talked about this earlier, it's interesting, certainly for us, maybe you're, you're used to it, but for us, because we deal with all parts of Google Cloud, Maps particularly is by far the market leader. Yeah. And we don't have that with GCP and, and G Suite. It's a different sort of challenger we'll, mentality. We'll get there. <laughs> but, um, but it's by far, I, I, I totally believe we'll, we'll get there. We, yeah. we know that they're the best solutions. They just don't have the benefit of being, having the, the biggest market share. Um, so, but I think because Google Maps leads, um, it's not a matter of adopting the enterprise playbook, right, in this realm. We have to write the playbook. Yeah, yeah. And I think the way to unlock more opportunity is to, to I think, figure out how to be prescriptive in, in developers and organizations and our enterprise customers exploration of the art of the possible in maps. Correct. Yeah. How do we do that? I think that's going to be a fun thing to work on over the next Yeah, it's uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? We're uh, we're an enterprise we we want to have we strive in maps to have the same quality and commitment to our customers as any enterprise company does, right? That's right. And it's a uniform standard we have across cloud and and maps. Um, but where we are a little different type of enterprise is uh, two things, right? Like one is we, th the market ahead of us is relatively unknown, right? Mm -hmm. So you're kind of bringing your customers along for this journey of the art of the possible, as you said. Um, and so you, you almost have to together, actually with the partners, like the, the, the three of them, three of us, right, mm -hmm. really have to kind of think about how you spawn ongoing in innovation, right? Like how That's you right. actually push the boundaries, how you encourage people to do more. Um, and and that becomes different, right? Like in this case, we're not necessarily, you know, we rarely go to the IT buyer, right? That's right. For most of the part, for the most part, we're dealing with uh, product managers or, mm -hmm. you know, the product organizations within mm -hmm. companies because we're such an integral component of what they're trying to build. And, you know, the products they're building naturally have a creative element to it, right? Mm -hmm. And so our goal is 
how do you have them push the boundaries even further where they can be more creative and they can actually yeah. inform us and you know you guys can inform us uh, what's happening but yeah you're right right there isn't a, it's something like my sales team asks me all the time actually I ask them and you know because <laughs> they're the ones that uh, do this really really well is um, you know like like what is what is the value proposition we should go with to company ABC and um, you know sometimes the answer is we'll figure it out together yeah right we yeah. don't we don't necessarily know it's not as simple as like bits and bytes and you know using email like I like I, I used I used to tell friends this right because um, my friends used to ask me like what does what does maps enterprise do right. anyway right. like are you that stuff in a car and I'm right. like that and more yeah. um, but email is intuitive right like you can't imagine going to work and not having email access for a day That's actually right. you should try it once kind of glorious to yeah. like not have email for a couple hours but it's intuitive it's you need it you need documentation you need presentation you need yep. sheets etc everyone um, already has it in some it, form yep yep yeah. it's 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 yeah. habitual right yeah. um Maps in the enterprise realm, not so much, right? Like, it's, it might not be top of mind for our customers when they're mm -hmm. building their product, mm -hmm. right? So you almost have to, and our partners do such a tremendous job with this, you almost have to kind of show them how it is better with Maps or this can actually dramatically change the overall experience or it right. could actually let you go in a completely different direction that you may not, not have thought possible, right? And uh, so... You have to have a little bit of um, enabling others to be creative. You have to have a lot of evangelism within yourself. Um, and really the most important thing is, you know, between the partners, the customers, and Google, just have to have the appetite to take the journey together. I think one of the most exciting areas that we've been thinking about because we have these other lines of business with Google is um, the Better Together story of how those different pieces can accentuate one Correct. another. I'll give you an example in ads, you know, um, almost every enterprise is an ads customer, a marketing customer with Google, they have tons of ads data. By far the best way to analyze that data is BigQuery, for instance. Correct. Right, so even if you use nothing else from Google, you probably use BigQuery in, in sort of the Google Cloud realm. And so I think to the extent that we can start to discover how maps becomes better when you use GCP to analyze and process maps data and how um, GCP then is you know uniquely positioned to map to make your maps experience better and vice versa I think there's something there absolutely and I hope to discover it together over the next couple of quarters because I think there's there's something there because there's, there's a lot of people who run maps on any generic you know platform, whether it's on-premise or cloud, yeah. and, and they don't experience much of a difference, like what if there could be an experience yeah. that's no, dramatically it, different by virtue of GCP? And look, it's a, it's a great challenge. It's something, you're right, it's something we're actively working on and figuring out. Um, you know, obviously there's the benefit of being co-located in the, uh, you know, the latency can, can, be, uh, can be one of the trackers over there. But yeah, it's it's something within the enterprise realm. We're also thinking about how we bring the best of Google together, mm -hmm. not just uh, you know kind of the Google Cloud Platform bits, not just the G Suite component of Google Cloud Platform, right. not just Google Maps uh, or you know the Chrome devices, etc. But 
what is that? What does that interoperability look like, right? Other than consistency to a customer. So, yeah, absolutely. It's you know you're right, and uh, you know I, look. I think even within the enterprise journey of what we are between cloud and maps, it's very very nascent, very very totally. early. And uh, you know I'm, I have no doubt in my mind we're going to get there. But and and I you know I think look for a partner like yourself that's you know obviously doing both. You know and. Thank you for you know now being a solely dedicated partner to Google. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, big decision. We're super happy about it. Yeah, but you know, you're. I would encourage you to help us drive that too, right? Like as you start to have customer conversations, bringing the best of both and really challenging us and educating us on what's possible is going to be really important. Like, look, you know this, right? In the enterprise world, your customers are your innovators. Like your customers yeah. tell you Completely. where to go, right? Completely. Um, and you know, y you are as much a part of the eyes and ears of our customers as we are, maybe more so. So yeah, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. Gold is we need to get there. Well, I can tell you, you know, how much I appreciate the level of alignment you and I have um, and our joint organizations have. Yeah. Again, the, the MAPS business has been one that's completely redefined us from yeah. an engineering perspective, from a use case perspective. You know, our first set of, you know, Fortune 100 customers were most certainly in the maps realm yeah. before they were in anything else. Um, and it's driven a lot of our growth. And, um, you know, last five years, if they've been any indication, we could not be more excited about the next five and 10 and, and so on. And I also want to thank you for doing this. No, of course, anytime. I mean, uh, I've uh, been in the map space for 21 years now. I'm, I'm a huge fan, I'm a user, and I'm a kid in the space because I just have this, you know, just this inquisitiveness of yeah. where else it can go and what's the possibility, and I just want to be a part of that. That's what keeps it exciting, right? That's right. It's, uh, it's amazing. But yeah, thank you for being such a tremendous partner to us. Thank you for doing class. Yeah, hopefully it was insightful. Yeah, so, it was very good. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Thanks, sir. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.